All right, we back once again off the ball with, with Wallen Lucas and Lucas Wallen. What up? Back from the from the snooze we were doing. We were taking a little break because there's a lot of craziness going on. So we had yeah. to take a break. Little vacay. That's it. You know, had to recharge, be back again. Uh and as we're back, we want to go ahead and switch up the style for y'all, you know, uh and Start off with the NFL first because I don't think we've done that in a while. And things actually things are actually happening with the NFL right now. And it's a good time to talk start the show off with the NFL. Let's talk yeah. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, NFL is back, baby. We we back to to moves and people talking and saying craziness and oh beautiful. Oh how I've missed you, NFL. Bring on all the crazy. So Alvin Kamara. I don't know where I feel like that nobody really talked about this. I feel like I woke up the other day and they're like, Alvin Kamara's missed practice for the fourth day in a row. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> no one reported on this before? Like, yeah, he missed four days. Nothing. Yeah, it really seemed like it just kind of came out of nowhere. There was a report, you know, Adam Schefter and everybody saying that the Saints were open to trading Kamara and it, out of nowhere. And apparently, there that was even news to Kamara. Hey, that <laughs> Kamara's like, what you mean, y'all open to trading me? Hey, listen, the, the the stories have been actually quite all over the place. I actually don't really know what to believe because they there have been a few reports that said Alvin Kamara requested a trade because negotiations weren't going well. Mm-hmm. So I the the stories are all over the place. No one really knows what's going on. But on top of all of that confusion, they go ahead and come back. I think today and say, "Oh, they're actually pretty close to a deal." What? What, what is this craziness that's going yeah. on in Nola Nation? To me, that really seems like it's the it's the front office and the agent for Kamara's agent, kind of going back and forth in the media using them to negotiate through the media. Listen, either way, I, it's it's working, right? Like cuz they're yeah. they're they're getting somewhere, but you know, like he's going to want to get paid more than Christian McCaffrey, right? Like I mean, that's just that that's just what's I, I think that's what's what what it's coming down to. Yeah. But but I mean, the Saints have a championship team. They've had one for a while, and it seems like they keep letting it slip away. And I think they they know this is probably it. Oh yeah, Drew Brees is forty one. Yeah, this is and Drew wants to ride off into the sunset for sure. That like that I think that's like what he's holding out for. He has one. I think he wants one more, and he thinks he's really close. I think they're really close as well. They have a lot, a lot of the defensive pieces. Who man? Who saw Davis coming? Man, jeez. Oh, Solid middle linebacker, man. You got a solid middle linebacker. You're pretty much good to go. But I didn't. He's been dominant. They got Cameron Jordan. They got some good. They got some young guys at corner that look good. Come on, man. They they're ready to go. They're ready to go. Michael Thomas catching his slants. <laughs> I got a. I got a squad. You got Alvin Kamara, and I think people don't realize how much of a integral part uh, uh, Alvin Kamara is to that to that team. He's a every down back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Versatile. And he's durable. I saw him get a get hit like get hit on the sideline um during the, with the uh, playing the Cowboys. Definitely had a concussion, got right up and kept playing. 
He's a durable guy. Okay, he probably didn't have a concussion, but he's definitely wobbled and not right. But he came back. He's durable. He's a he's a really big factor for that team. And I don't care what y'all got to pay him. Y'all better pay that boy. Yeah, you know, I really think it comes down to the fact that you know it's they're facing the end of their championship window. Like I said, Drew Brees, forty-one years old, maybe probably his last season. Um, I you know they got a bunch of guys who are. Uh, nearing the end of their contracts who are all going to be looking for big money. I got to think on their end, they don't want to pay a running back that big money deal when they might have to kind of blow it all up after next, after this season. Yeah. They just took too long, man. They took too long. Um, Christian McCaffrey going ahead and signed his deal. Then now you had Joe Mixon who just signed his deal. Joe Mixon's like, I think he's making $12 million per year. Christian McCaffrey's making $16 million. So you think Alvin Kamara's probably eyeing that $16 million per year mark? Oh, definitely. But, you know, like, you're just taking too long. Stop playing. Like, I, I don't know why these these front offices take so long and wait. And, and, and again, I, I understand the running back position is a tough position as far as longevity, contracts, getting things done. But that more the reason if you have a solid guy – Give them their money right up front, quick. Don't mess with it. Just don't do it. But at the same time, if you look at a lot of teams that are actually winning, the QBs have the most money. <laughs> well, I, I, I should I should take that back because there's been a few cases when you can see like you know the Jared Goffs and you know the the Patrick Mahomes or who like are on those rookie deals making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but. I mean, listen, there's and you think about some of those teams that have running backs that are paid a ton of money. Um, one Dallas Cowboys. Uh, how'd that work out? Not too well. Um, and they're only able to do that when they've got a quarterback, Dak Prescott, who's still waiting to get his deal done. Exactly. Exactly. Listen, I mean, they have all the chips they need, man. Uh they they just gonna have to figure out. I mean, you got Jameis too. You know what I mean. So after everything's over, you got to pay Jameis. <laughs> yeah, but I I think it's it, it's ridiculous not to pay this kid. You know, I think that Alvin is a. I know that we all talk about Zeke and some of those other guys out there like Christian McCaffrey, but Alvin Kamara is up there as well. He can do it all, uh, and I don't think they should keep playing around. Just keep just pay the kid, man. Just pay him, give him the money. Let's move on. Focus on the season and get get everything moving right and i think they have a good shot and i think they shouldn't even mess up the chemistry that they have right now and just focus on getting that dub that's it like just get into the get into the party get into the bowl and making that making that run to get uh making that run to get uh drew Brees his uh long-awaited second super bowl ring yeah definitely pay him his money and i guess face the consequences once Drew Brees is gone. What Figure you, it out from there. What do you mean face the consequences when Drew Brees is gone? I mean, when Drew Brees is gone and they've got all the money tied up in Kamara and whoever else they try to re-sign off these expiring rookie deals. I don't know if Michael Thomas got a new deal or not. Um, they've either got to draft a new quarterback and they're probably going to be drafting uh, pretty, pretty late or they're going to have to look at QB of the future, Taysom Hill. I, I thought that was the plan all along. 
<laughs> uh, maybe, maybe he'll be like thirty-two at the time. No, he's thirty-two now, probably. Like he'll, he'll, yeah, he'll be pretty old at that time, and he's he has a lot of mileage on him. So I don't. I mean, I like I said, they got they got their boy uh, Jameis, famous Jameis. Yeah, Taysom Hill's thirty years old. Um, <laughs> so and he he yeah he turned thirty uh, last month. So by the time oh he's from Idaho, good for him. <laughs> probably why he's so big eating all them potatoes hella potatoes um but um, was he a byu he was a byu yeah i'm like he's i'm like he's grew up in idaho he's definitely a byu guy um look they're letting him grow a beard now uh at the end of the day man like they just gotta pay the man call it a day don't worry about all the extra stuff just focus on now like once you win it now like you said fix fake fake like face the consequences later on and then just move on just pay him Move on. Let's go. Put Jameis in there. Go to Super Bowl again. His eyes are fixed. We're good to go. Let's do it. That's all I'm going to say. All right, let's move on to our next running back situation here. Leonard yeah, Fournette. Yeah, running backs all over the news. Oh, running back, running back, running back, running back. Um, Leonard Fournette, man. Whew. Former Jacksonville Jaguar. Yeah, that's, that's, that's your, um, your adopted city. That is my adoptive team. Yeah, man. Listen, I mean, you got all the scoop, man. Like, I was watching a thing. <laughs> okay, let me start off. Here. Let me let me intro this real quick. Leonard Fournette is long, long, no longer with the Jacksonville Jaguars as they have released him uh, a few days ago. Uh, and their coach came out and said, "You know what? We tried to trade him. We tried to get something back for him. We couldn't get nothing. Absolutely nothing. No one wanted to give us nothing. Couldn't get anything for him." Yeah, I mean that I. Listen, the Jags did Leonard Fournette dirty throughout his entire career, basically. Wow. Uh, okay, let me hear this because you know I'm about to. Ooh, let me hear this. I mean, do you remember the uh, the all the incidents with Tom Coughlin in their past? Yes. With the Jaguars, a lot of Tom Coughlin's ire was aimed at Leonard Fournette, um, and I don't think that was that was right. Um, they did not want him there. They were not happy with him ever, no matter what he did. And I think Leonard Fournette was just as happy to get out of there uh, as they were happy to get rid of him. So I think change of scenery, uh, heading heading a little south to Tampa, that'll be good for him. Yeah, man. I think I'm on the other side of this, man. Listen, uh and I, I always say this with a with a grain of salt. Like I don't know these guys. I just know what I see. Okay. Leonard Fournette, I remember him coming out of LSU. And I think that did he did he like sit out? I feel like he sat out the last game, like the bowl game that L like that that year with LSU. Something like that. I remember him sitting out and people were like, Oh, like, what's wrong with him? And some people were like, Yeah, he should sit out. And I was like, I didn't have no problem with that. I'm like, man, do do what you got to do. Then he comes into the league, and he, I mean, he dominated, right? He dominated. Uh, well, not he didn't dominate that much because he won the Heisman, but he dominated in the in in college football. He was just a, a man amongst boys, right? Oh uh, yeah. He, I like, he was just. I remember that play against Auburn where like safety just bounced right off of him, right? And he and he did that a couple times during that Auburn game, so. Seeing him come in, I'm like, all right, like he balled out against these people. Is he like this? Is is this who Leonard Fournette is? Is he just a one trick pony? I'm just gonna 
put my head down and run into you. Because if that's what it is, I've seen a lot of guys like that in in college football not translate into the NFL because linebackers in the in the NFL, they're big, they get paid too, and they like the contact. This isn't college football. These boy these 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 guys, they they ready to they ready to rock. So it's a little different. Now, don't get me wrong, there's some guys that can still do it, but like as you look, there's not a lot of power backs in the in the NFL, right? The yeah. one that translates very well is Derrick Henry, but he's an anomaly. He's a unicorn. He's like 6'5", 260 pounds. <laughs> Looks like a DN, right? So, like, that's different, and he gets stronger as he goes, like, as he gets through the season, through the game. So, seeing Leonard Fournette, like, his numbers, right, if you look at his numbers and you're like, okay, like, first season, he rests for 1,000 yards. I think he finished with, what, uh how many touchdowns did he finish with his first year? Uh, nine. 50, you think he had, he, he had, you said he had nine. Yeah. He had nine, nine touchdowns, rushing. nine rushing touchdowns his first year. Okay. Second year, he rushes for 439 yards, five touchdowns. Okay. I think that year he had a few injuries. Understandable. Yeah. Then he comes in this year, rushes for 1100 yards, three touchdowns. So when you look at it, especially like with, with the Jaguars, right? Like there's, they were utilizing him. I think he had what? He had like 265 rushes last year. And it's just, he's just like, he's, he's not an every down back. He's not versatile. He's not what you need in the, in this type of offenses, the offenses that we're running right now in the NFL. So I just don't think that I, I, I honestly understood why they couldn't get any value for him. Because when you look around the league, the running backs that are successful, they can do a lot more than just run <laughs> downhill. Except exceptions are the Tennessee Titans, but they're built for that. I definitely agree with some of that. Um, you know, having why? Why don't you agree with all that? <laughs> you're gonna find out why. You know, I watched a lot of the Jags game. I was living in Jacksonville at the time, and the thing with uh, Fournette is that he very much has to get his carries. You know, he's a big power back. He's somebody who, you know, he's going to go two yards, two yards, two yards, and on that fourth, fifth carry of the game, he's going to bust off a 40-yarder. You know, you just got to keep giving him his carries, and he's going to wear down a defense. Um, And what was really impressive, though, was that, you know, it's his third year in the league. He's playing with behind a shoddy offensive line with a, uh, sixth round uh, rookie quarterback in Gardner Minshew, and he really stepped up his game as a receiver. Uh, 76 catches for 522 yards. You know, that was really a, kind of a, a big knock on him. Uh, coming into the NFL, he just didn't have to catch the ball much at LSU. And he, I think he more than tripled his catches uh, this past season. And I think an opportunity with Tampa, he's going to be playing with uh, Tom Brady. He's going to see those opportunities uh, continue to grow. And I think he can continue to expand his game. And I think he's looking for probably even a career year in Tampa Bay. Career year in Tampa Bay. You heard it here first, folks. No way. No way. Listen, I, I hear what you're saying by saying that like it sounds fancy to say he like tripled his receiving uh, or his catches from uh, the previous year in 2019. I mean, se- 76 catches ain't nothing to laugh at. Listen, 76 catches, 522 yards. 
Bro, he's catching swing routes. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. He's catching swing routes and he's catching screens. Stop playing. All right. Stop acting like that. That that makes him versatile. He's not versatile. I hear what you're saying, though. The knock on him was he couldn't catch. All right. He can catch 76 balls. But I mean, but Alvin Kamara, 81 catches, 533 yards. Leonard Fournette, 76 catches, 522. But think about that, though. One of them, one of them's versatile. One of them's not. Think about that, though. What what offenses are you looking at, right? Kamara's catching the ball in space. He's catching. He's running routes. He's a great route runner. That's not. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Versatile. Yeah, we could talk about the stats. I told you earlier, the stats sound all fancy and stuff. It can be manipulated to sound a certain way. Right. What I'm saying. Okay. Numbers can't. You know what I'm saying. So at the end. Numbers of the, don't lie. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I knew that was coming. But like when you're looking at them as two players, like Alvin Kamara can run the, the route trees. He, you can, you can space Alvin Kamara out as at slot and at the, at the X and he'll run, he'll run a decent route for you. He run a great route. Okay. Leonard Fournette can't do that. That's what I mean. Versatile. Let's not get all fancy analytical here. Cause that's not, we got to talk football. Catch percentage, 76% catch percentage. Come on, man. Come on. Yards per, come on. You, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't use that as some type of stat to make him seem like he's a versatile running back. I will say he can get his, he can get his carries, right? You thought you said that he's a guy that needs to get his carries, get going. 265 carries isn't enough. What are you talking man? What, but, so he need what, what, what so what do you think that a good target for him would be? As far as carries. In Tampa Bay? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not really sure what their running back situation is. I know they had somebody Wait, 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 no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to that. You said that he's a workhorse. He needs the, the to to get the ball and get run rolling. What's yeah. the carries that he needs? Give him two sixty again. Okay, I'm, not, I'm just saying I'm not sure if he's going to get that because I don't know what their situation is. I know they were looking for a guy who could take over that, the rushing responsibilities. I know they had somebody opt out. I think they tried signing Shady McCoy, and Shady McCoy ain't the answer. Uh, Shady McCoy is washed up at this point. Oh, but, damn, damn. Okay, I mean, that's true. I, it's true. I, I, just, can't even. I think he was, what, inactive for the Super Bowl for the yeah, Chiefs? Yeah, I can't even lie. He got, he got his ring, though. He got his ring. Yeah, it's just like I, when when you compare, when, and it's not fair to compare him to to Derrick Henry, but you know Derrick Henry six three. I said the the stats wrong earlier. Six three, two hundred forty seven, uh, two hundred seventy pounds, two hundred forty seven pounds. Making the man sound like the incredible Hulk. Yeah, here. man. Listen, he look it. Um, you know, you look at him like he had three hundred carries last year. Okay, but that's also including uh, the playoffs. Leonard Fournette hasn't seen that in a while. But you know he's he's got fifteen hundred yards, sixteen touchdowns. Derrick Henry does. So when you think about it, you know, like, I mean, yard per yard, he had a hundred. He averaged a hundred and two yards per game. Hundred and two yards. Yeah, I'm gonna pay Derrick Henry for show for show. But you know, like, and then again, there's the things that happen with Tom Coughlin and some of the things that are happening with Leonard Fournette that you know, like, it probably taints the way that he looks to other teams. So that's unfortunate as well. But I don't know, man. I just don't think that he's going to – I I, I honestly don't think that he's going to be able to do 
much with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially with all the hype around all the receivers and Tom Brady and Gronk and tight ends. Like, I just, there's going to be a lot of pressure to put the ball in the air. I'm just saying, he's not had an opportunity to play in an offense with that had a passing game. Uh, his best season, arguably, you know, his first year, 2017, Jags making the playoffs. Um, I believe their quarterback was Blake Bortles. So, see what he does standing next to Tom Brady in the backfield. I don't think they're going to be able to throw the ball, but that's another podcast. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, spicy. Yeah, man. Listen, I, I'm not sold on the Tampa Bay Bucks, but yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Leonard Fournette, he has an opportunity. One year, $3.5 million max value deal uh, with the Bucks. So he's going to have to come out there and prove it. Um, if like we talked about this earlier, if he's, if he can actually come out and really ball out, you know, he can re- re-energize his career and he can probably go in wherever he wants or most likely sign with the Bucks again. Actually, no, I don't know about all that. But, you know, he'll be able to, you know, have, a, you know, this, this, this is like a Cam Newton deal almost, right? Like, yeah, you go out, you prove yourself, let's see what it's, you got. It's a prove it deal. Yeah, you got to prove it. Gives him a it. chance to kind of wash that stink from the Jags off of him. Yeah. Listen, I hope he does well. I just don't I just don't know how it's going to happen, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not I'm not walking back my comments. I don't think that it's going to go well, but we shall see. But Lucas believes in his boy Leonard Fournette, and only time will tell cuz y'all know I'm always right. <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh always being right, Wallen, how about your predictions for that Denver uh Utah game? Listen, I was bound to get one prediction for the right. series for the series as a whole, man. Your predictions on point, man. Seven. Oh, game seven. Beautiful, beautiful series, man. Like it was beautiful to see Jamal Murray and, and Donovan Mitchell kind of go at it and have just spectacular series. You know, two young guys coming into the league and putting on a show for everybody. It was really fun to watch. Uh, and I could say that I saw this coming. By a long shot. Far away. In the Atlantic Ocean. I saw it. I was like, oh, it was big. It was big, vast. I was like, this game seven has to happen. And here it is. It's beautiful. And it was, again, it was fun to watch them. They went, it was amazing to see them really, really get after it. But the game seven, it goes down to game seven, as I predicted. Game seven. Uh, and it was literally the the funnest thing that I've watched in a while and like being able to watch that game seven and see them go back and forth. And in the way it ended, that was a little interesting, but it was also beautiful to like, just be able to watch those guys ball out and bring in game sevens are always fun, but that one in particular, like seeing them go back and forth. Cause I, I thought they were so evenly matched coming into it and being able to see them to be, to be able to see them do what they did. Yeah. That was, that was fun for me as a fan yeah you know just after watching the whole series how it played out you know uh alternating 50 point games and matt heading head-to-head 50 point games from murray and mitchell um you know to see it end the way it did on just kind of a crazy series of three plays uh, is just you know that's why everybody loves watching basketball you know it's that kind of stuff and you know, I said, I was telling Wallen before we hit record is that it really reminded me of kind of a, 
an NCAA March Madness tournament. Just that game seven, you know, everybody shooting threes, nobody hitting anything, an 80 to 78 game, and the game ending on somebody making a boneheaded play. It's great. That, that, that's it's the epitome of, I mean, if you think about it too, you got those two young guys on that squad. Got you actually got a lot of youth in that squad, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense that it, how it, how it came down to that. Um, but I mean, they they kept they kept Jamal Murray relatively in check. <laughs> yeah, that, that game. Man, I think those guys were just gassed too. Though, like you saw uh, Jamal Murray give his interview post game when they told him he was playing Thursday. Oh man, that he was in shock. Yeah, he was. He was like, my, man, really my man's was tired. That quick, really? And I listen. They Donovan Mitchell played forty three minutes that game, and then uh, Jamal Murray played forty one minutes, uh, and then like relatively to them, like scoring 50, 40 points every almost every game. One of them scoring that much, like Jamal Murray had seventeen, and and Donovan Mitchell had twenty two. So I mean, it, it was, both those guys were averaging like forty for the series. Yeah, yeah, and, and when you think about it, I think Donovan Mitchell was a lot more impressive because he did it multiple areas uh as far as like fundamentals like he was grabbing boards he had nine rebounds game seven right he not a lot of assists obviously um and then but like jamal mary had two rebounds four assists 17 points but they they were just score they had to score but you know i I think that it's been understated nicolo I can't, bro. <laughs> Joke it. Joke it. Uh, man, I, Joke bro, Joke I can't. It. I can't do their little accents on the tops, man. It keep me messing me up. Call him Joker. Joker. Yeah, that's what I usually call him. But I didn't know if people was going to know. But Nikolai. Nicolo. Nikolai. Nikolo. Nikola. There you go. Nicola. 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 Oh, my God. We're going to we're gonna get you some hooked on phonics, bro. Bro, listen, bro. I can't say these foreign names like that. You give me a Haitian name. <laughs> you give me a, 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 an African country's name. I got you, bro. French names. I got you. American names. I got you. But this stuff, man, I, don't, I need to do a little bit better. Um, but, man, he, he balled out, man. Like, he had 30 points that game uh, last, uh, last night. Yeah, game seven. He had 30 points. 14 rebounds. He played pretty well. And I think that he's he's silent. You know, he can silently put up 30 and people won't really notice. And I think that Jamal and Donovan stole the stole the show. But, you know, they they had some contributions uh from their teammates. And I think that, you know, that's understated. Like even Rudy Gobert had 19 points, 18 boards. And I was like, oh, okay, Rudy, I see you out here. Um so yeah, I think that, you know, people need to realize that. Oh, it's it's a team sport, and some of those guys can play too, and they get paid as well. Yeah, um, and I also just want to point out that I predicted this outcome. Um, I said at the very beginning, you can go back and listen to it. I had the Nuggets pulling the upset. I really like the Nuggets, and you know, coming back from a three-one deficit. I don't think that's anything we've ever seen in the game of basketball. Certainly not in the playoffs. Yeah, that's crazy. And it's funny because we made the same, we said the same thing and made the same joke when we were talking about it. Like, there's no way they can come back from a 3-1 deficit because we've never seen that before, ever. Nope. Not in the history of this beautiful game we call basketball. Who would have saw that coming, Lucas? Yeah, I, I I predict that, you know, 
the Utah Jazz will go down in history as being the only team to ever blow a three-one lead. <sighs> Damn, bro, that hurts. That hurts somebody out there. It don't hurt Some, me. What? Somebody out there yeah. is listening yeah. and they decide. Should. Talking about game sevens and three-one deficits. The Oklahoma, the Oklahoma, <laughs> the Oklahoma City, yeah, the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City Thunder forced a game seven against the Houston Rockets that are that, that's being played right now, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, um, right. As time of recording, it's currently halftime. Uh, Sixty-one fifty-nine, Houston Rockets on top. Wow, it's a close one, nail biter, real nail biter. Listen. CP3 man came up clutch that game. Now, like, come on, we can't, we can't. Y'all people keep putting dirt on my dog name, man. Like he can't ball out still. CP3 came out there and balled. He did his thing, got him to a game three, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see this happen. Like and we and we t- we talked about this being an interesting game at the beginning of this the, uh, the playoffs. We said this was going to be an interesting game, because of everything that's going on. Because All the familiarity the, between these players. Exactly. CP3 playing his old team that he's traded for from. Um, Westbrook, Westbrook, Harden. Man, the Westbrook being traded by the Oklahoma City Thunder. CP3's weird relationship with Harden. There's, there's so much, man. But, man, you got to love the, the chippiness of. Yeah, man, you just got to love the chippiness of. I'll, CP3, man. I love it, man. Watching CP3, a man who is 100% fueled by pettiness at this point in his career. It's beautiful. It is It is a sight for these weary eyes. <laughs> it's beautiful to see, man. Drop 28 points on him, though. 20. Just out of pure spite. Yeah, man. Oh, man. And then he go ahead and say, you know... <laughs> Fourth quarter game on the line. Some people just ain't built like this. They're not built like that. Man, Man did I you wonder. see him? Did you see him stare down James Harden on the free throw line? Not even <laughs> look at the basket, just turn sideways and stare at James Harden. Man, bro, listen. I saw the uh the uh pit the they had the close up of it and it looked really it was like, oh he's staring him down. But when you zoom out and see the whole thing, right, from, like, the, the sky cam, yo, it, it's, like, some pure, like, idiotic craziness, like, completely sideways just staring at him like, yo, you know what's up, bro. And I think I think maybe, I don't know, I you know Chris Paul, he's, he likes to play those mind games. He knows people, and he's made these remarks, and people have speculated that Harden just wasn't, you know, like – is it that guy that turns it on and kind of fades away and all these different yeah. things? I think he might know. I think he might be playing some games with him now. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm t- I told you. I told you you're not built for this. And I'm going to make sure you know it too. Don't let, don't, don't let me see you. Don't let me see that kink in your armor. But no, too late. I already know that. He's, he's, I, Harden's going to have to ball out this game and really like hit like a, like daggers to make, Make this go away because, like, if if he if he loses this like that, and he doesn't come out and perform, people are going to remember that man. Oh yeah, I mean, both him and both Harden and CP3 at this point in their careers kind of have that reputation as being guys who fade away in the playoffs in the big moments. 
And right now, CP3 looks like he's a lot closer to uh, ditching that narrative than Harden is. But, you know, that's what Game Seven's for. So we'll see what happens. I mean, you think about it, man. It's halftime, and Harden only has 10 points. Like, you think about that, man. 10 points. Chris Paul has nine points, but he also has nine assists. So, yeah. I mean, listen, man, like, it's going to be interesting. I know that narrative was gonna, is going to be there, but it, it, like, it, it's funny that it took ga- game six for that narrative to really start to bubble over, right? And people start yeah. going, ooh, look, it's happening. Here it is. Because they, they've kept it pretty professional, pretty, pretty, you know, kosher throughout the whole thing. So it's like, okay, let's just play. Let's not make it a big deal. Now it's like, mm, I think Chris Paul is being petty again. So I'm excited to see how this ends, and I can't wait for the um, – Post game interviews and see who gets stapped up. Very, I'm looking forward to that. Or also looking forward to if they lose, seeing Russell Westbrook storm off the the, <laughs> the court as well. Looking forward to all that stuff. Yeah, you know, it just with everything going on in the bubble and all these guys having to live together and you know seeing each other after the games. Like it just everything feels way more personal, and you get to see the guys who kind of have beef with each other. And it all kind of spills over onto the court. You know, it's great. Like, you know, we had with the Mavericks and Clippers series, you got to deal with uh, Marcus Morris and, you know, everything he brings to the table. His beef with Luca, it's it's great for TV. I've been, I was hoping that we were going to talk about my favorite topic. This is, <laughs> this is, you know, me. I'm, I love the pettiness. Oh, this this NBA beefs, man. Oh man, this one's one for the ages, man. Oh, this is great. Listen, obviously the Mavericks went down to the Clippers, which everybody kind of saw coming, except you know a few people. I saw this coming as well, guys. <laughs> no, but like it that it was an intriguing matchup. Luca is amazing. Luca actually faded away. Um, I thought he was going to come out and keep balling, but uh, yeah, Kawhi Leonard said nah. And Paul George came out of his slump. Paul George, yeah, finally showed up. Yeah, so listen, it it ended up being what we thought it, like what a lot of people thought it was going to be. And no one's surprised, right? No one's surprised about this. No one's surprised about the Lakers being the the Blazers and moving on. We're not even going to talk about that today because no one's surprised about it. But when they lost, everyone's freaking out. So this particular matchup or pettiness, against Morris and Luca is is something I wanted to touch on just because I feel like with what happened, I, they were having these like scuffles and these, these kind of bickers and like getting in each other's face. And then I think it kind of was like went over the edge when that hard foul, that hard five by Morris with Luca, like driving to uh, driving to make a layup or whatever. And, He's got a foul pretty hard, which is, you know, back in the day, that was normal. I saw Michael Jordan take way worse back in the day. But, okay, Luka, it's a different game. Luka gets hit by Morris. It's a flagrant. Yeah, we get it. But Luka's all upset. And then Morris, you know, it's 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 Morris, right? It's like, it's Morris. He, he, this is what he does. He does. He's not scared of no confrontation, especially from probably Luka. He does, he's, nobody, he's not scared of Luka. So, I just feel like with all this stuff going on, man, and like all the bickering and all this stuff, and they get up and they want to fight each other, and then Luca takes it a little bit further and talks about it during the post game interview, and he says like he just doesn't want to deal with people like Morris, you know, he's he's just doesn't like them, and there's 
just doesn't want to deal with people like that. It's blatant. The foul and all these things and Morris tweets. I think no Morris like puts a comment up on Instagram and says like boo hoo, stop crying, Clippers and six or something like that. So some something to that effect. Or as I'm, I'm I may be not getting that correct, but I feel like the point that I'm trying to make is that in the NF in the NBA and in basketball in general, it's just so much more personal, man. And you touched on it earlier, but it's so much more personal. Even when we talked about Butler and, and TJ, Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren getting into it and all of these guys that have their beefs, it just seems to be like it just feels real. Right. It feels like they really don't like each other. I don't know if it's because we can see their faces. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like the contact. I, I don't know what it is, but we both ball is just so much more personal. No, but like I feel like. I, I think the bubble adds a little extra to it as well. But when you think about it, you haven't seen that that much in the bubble. I haven't seen a lot of guys like one or I take that back. I think Giannis got got ejected a game like during like the, the seeding games. He got ejected for having a thing with one of the magic. He, yeah, he headbutted uh, Mo Wagner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, like there, there's a couple of things, but. I feel like there's an extra layer to it, but just the, in general, I always feel like the NBA beefs are so much worse. Like, like KD, KD and, and Westbrook are not even, you know, like they didn't even have like a on the court physical altercation, but it was such a personal thing, man. Like it was just so personal for so long. You think about some of those other rivalries, like back in the day, like, it just always feels personal, man. It just always feels like like watching the the you know the the 2012 Miami Heat, 2011 Miami Heat against like the Celtics. It seemed personal, man. It just always seems personal when these guys are playing each other and they're getting into these scuffles, all these things going on. And I and I, I can we can speak to this. We both played football. It's a collision sport. It's violent. I don't know. Maybe it's the 15 yard penalty. I don't know what it is, but like we just don't get into like the scuffles that much and practice. Obviously, yes, that happens. Yeah, it's much more of a practice thing when you're facing the same person and you know them. And Yeah. Yeah. Not so much in games, though. Yeah. And if it does happen in games, it usually is like really bad. Like if it happens in a game, you're going to get all your money's worth. So it's usually really bad. So it doesn't happen often. But most I've never gotten into like a, a physical brawl or something on a on a on a playing field for football, like, but while I played football in college and in high school, but when I think about it, as far as the, like playing basketball, I've gotten in more altercations playing pickup basketball than I have my whole entire like football career. And that's like, I think, and that's a lot because <laughs> I haven't gotten into any of those things in, in, in football. So like, I don't, there's just something to basketball that just makes it a little bit more personal. 100% agree. But like I said earlier, man, I love watching it. I mean, who doesn't like watching it? <laughs> it's like it's fun and it's great. They both got fined, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I think it was like fifteen thousand dollars, and like it wasn't a bad fine. So I was like, it was so it was so minimal that I didn't even remember how much they got fined. I was like, <laughs> it's it's fine. You guys will be okay. I promise. No one really cares about your fines. Like it, it was really like a slap, like a little slap on the wrist. But I think like Luca Luca got fouled for throwing the ball at I mean he got a he got fined for throwing the ball at a ref or something like that. Yeah. Um and I mean obviously Morris got fined fined for the the flagrant foul. 
Uh, but yeah, I think like Luca was fine, like fifteen thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars for like throwing the ball off the leg of the, the game official. And I think they were both fifteen thousand. Uh, Marcus Morris was fine, thirty five. Oh, geez, okay. Yeah, I mean, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. I mean, yeah, it'll be fine. But at Marcus, the, if you're listening, you can send that game check to me, and I'll take care of that fine for you. Yep, that's how, exactly how it goes. That's exactly. Yep. We we got some charities we can. Uh, we can donate that too. Yeah, I can think of a few places it'll go. Yeah, go good towards. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely with you on that. So let's let's talk about the game that we just watched. Um, this is important to me because uh, <clears throat> it's the Miami Heat, South Beach, the creme de la creme, <laughs> the Sunshine State. State. Ooh, ooh, beautiful Southern Florida, home of three NBA championships. Hall of Famers, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and the list goes on. Alonzo Keep, Mourning. Keeping it, keeping it, keeping it just thought to those for the young folks. The young folks, see, you got Alonzo. You got a lot of guys that just, ooh, not go down the list, but we got a lot of guys. Even though we do have Michael Jordan's number retired, which is still weird to me, but it's okay. No, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah, it's weird to me. It. But, but, but it's okay. Lots of parade. I have not missed the Miami Heat parade, and I'm not going to miss this one this year. Yep, I'm saying it, folks. Wow. Okay, man. If you're gonna, oh, I'm saying, I'm saying, I don't give. Think I'm shy? Come on, man. I ain't shy about nothing. Listen, just watch the game. The Miami Heat obviously took Game One against the Bucks tonight. Man, they like they like messing with me. They like messing with me. We had we were up by like I think 13, 14 at one point. Yeah, um, we we like to blow ten point leads. Um, if you haven't seen the stat or you haven't seen the graphic on during the games, we like to up blow six with nineteen seconds left. Yeah, yeah, bone some boneheaded mistakes. Uh, I think that we I think we didn't want to give up the three, so we let Giannis got a nice easy bucket, and then we go ahead and inbound the ball to Jimmy Butler. He gets trapped in the corner. And we had two timeouts. Nobody calls a timeout. It's, it's a right in front of Eric Spoltra. Doesn't call. Spo doesn't call the timeout. Jimmy doesn't throw the timeout. Throws the ball under our own basket. Gets, like, I think it hits the backboard or something like that. Or, like, uh, Brooke Lopez. Is that, was it, was it Lope, Brooke Lopez? Yeah. Yeah, Brooke Lopez gets the rebound, puts it in. Two-point game just like that. Unfortunately. Right? Was that what it was or was it a three-point game? I don't two remember. Point. It was a two-point game? Yeah, it was a two-point game so. after that. Um, yeah, it was a two-point game. Yep, you're right. So, two-point game. We get the ball back. <laughs> we go down. I think uh, Jimmy Butler gets fouled. I think now there's like, what, eight seconds left or something like that? Maybe 13 seconds left. He misses the first one, makes the second one. All right, so now they're up. The The Bucks are, I mean, the Miami's up three. So they go ahead and go down. This is where it gets sloppy, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? This is where it gets sloppy. It's nasty. And we playing Pop Warner basketball at this point. <laughs> so come down. They drop their little bucks. Bucks drop their little play. Middleton goes up. And dra- the Dragon, man. Ugh. Drogic plays great defense. See, I can say his name. He plays great defense. Closes out. Middleton goes up for, for, for a three. Closes out. And then they call a foul off of like the, the littlest thing. I don't even know what you do. I, I'm 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 talking and my hands are up. 
my hands are up really right now. Like he hands you're playing, you're playing defense. Yeah, hands up straight. Like you can't close out any better without you know fouling. And they called it a foul. And here we go. It's it's weird. I'm pissed. I'm irate. I'm up yelling, mad as hell. Go ahead. Middleton makes all three shots. Four seconds left at this point. Four seconds left. So Miami calls a timeout. We advance the ball. Go ahead, get the ball. Jimmy Butler has it. Man, he's taking his time. You can tell he's a vet. He's taking his time. He's not rushing. Goes head, hits the he's I think he's in the corner. Hits a step back. Elevates, shoots the jumper. Giannis and Matthews were on him, and Giannis fouls him. And that was a foul, I must say. It was a it was a pretty decent foul in my eyes. Whoa, whoa, man. Okay. Do you want to tell do you want to tell this part? <laughs> that's the Miami bias coming in right there, folks. Listen, it looked like a pretty good foul to me. There was contact on the there's contact multiple places. Contact on the back by Giannis and didn't give him enough sp- to space to land. I, I I mean, look, you saw what happened to Inguadala in early in the game. Didn't give him enough space. Gave him Man, that flavor. I thought that was a very questionable foul. I, they called the contact Giannis running by the side of Butler and placing his hand on Jimmy's side um, after the shot was already in the air. And I really have an issue just outside of that, um, just in general, calling fouls on contact when the ball is already in the air. Um, when it, if it doesn't affect the shot, I don't understand why it should be a foul. Um, yeah, so I thought that is obviously a makeup call. Wallen, if you want to take it away, I mean, tell, I mean, tell us how it ended. I mean, it might have been a makeup call. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay, I tweeted it was a makeup call, so I, I'll take it. So, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler, you know, like they, very odd too. They go in and review it. He got the ball off, they got the shot off in time. And they were like, yeah, two, <laughs> two free throws, Jimmy Butler. For 22. I'm trying to say exactly how the refs had said it. Two shots, 22. Okay. <laughs> Double zeros on the clock. What what word did he use? He said it. Everybody, like, uh, 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 like I forgot the word that he used, but basically it was like a flagrant foul. Right? Nobody was able to, like, be in the paint as he shot it. He so said it was, like, a, like a technical, I think. Yeah, like a technical. Yeah, flagrant. My bad. Like a technical foul. So everybody, nope, Nobody allowed on the in the lane or on yeah. the free throw. It was, it was weird. And he sh- he had to shoot these his little free throws. He only got to make it's, – it's tied. He got to make one free throw and it's over. This man, tell me how Jimmy Butler go ahead and shoot the shot. And it literally hits basically almost every side of the rim. And then it goes in. So then the, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, because I'm like, I, I, I would, I could feel the pressure if, if he missed the first one, cheese. I mean, and Jimmy, Jimmy's a, a cool guy. He, I'm, I have full faith and confidence in him. But man, that's tough, man. <laughs> that would have been tough if I had to shoot a second uh, free throw to win the game, and I just missed the first one. But he made it, and then he made the second one, and that was a game. But listen. Like I said, like I actually let me say this. Let me make it official. I've already made my prediction that the Miami Heat are going to go to the NBA Finals this year. Heat and foe this series. I'm calling Woo! it now. Heat and foe. All right, man. You okay? I mean, Giannis ain't looking like normal Giannis, so I guess anything can happen at this point. Tofu, kung fu, ufu. He didn't fall. 
<laughs> I thought that was going to rhyme a lot better. It didn't. <laughs> the ego with info, man. That's it. I'm calling it. I would love to see. And then, like, you, you're looking at the other series with the Raptors and the Celtics, and the Celtics are also up 2-0. I, I, I don't want to take anything for granted and say that uh, the – the Bucks aren't a great team because the Bucks definitely are a great, great team. But you know, I think the Heat can definitely close it out. Obviously, I think the 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 Bucks are going to come out with a sense of urgency next game. But uh, yeah, they're going to have to figure it out, man. Because um, Giannis does not look right, man. There's something wrong with Giannis. I don't I mean, actually. I probably shouldn't say that. Bam Adebayo is wrong with Giannis. Bam's guarding him pretty well. We got some. We got size. We can we can guard him, right? We got Bam. We got Inguadala. Jay Crowder's doing his thing as well. Like, we putting bodies on him. Jimmy's putting bot Like, we putting bodies on him, and we're doing pretty good. But, man, every every now and then you see flashes of why Giannis is Giannis. He comes down with, during transition. Man, you see why Giannis is Giannis, man. He, once he get that, that full speed, takes those two steps so after he passes the three-point line, it's a dunk. You're like, oh, he's going to lay it up. He just dunks it. It's, like, so oh, unexpected. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're, t- we're talking – Giannis is not having his best games. The guy still put up twenty nine and fourteen. So, you know that says something about the the level we expect from Giannis. That yeah. that's a disappointing game right there. Yeah. Um, and and he hit his free throws today. He hit his yeah. free throws. He looked a lot better. I mean, at the end there, he must have been tired though. And I, there's a lot going on. He must just be really tired. I don't know what's going on because he's. They're they're sitting him quite a bit, and I mean, I probably should make sure that I'm 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 doing my uh, fact checking here in the stats. But I feel like he's sitting for the majority of the game, not majority, but I think he's sitting a lot more than normal for a guy that you know is your star player, and you probably want yeah. him to get some minutes. Um, he he had he played 36 minutes, and you know yeah. your star player in a close game like that playoffs, you want him out there as much as possible. But he did have four fouls and. You know, they were kind of playing him conservatively, trying to protect him from picking up too many more. Um, you know, I think you, if you're a coach, you got to trust your star player out there, though. Uh, let him do his thing. You know, he's not going to be able to affect the game from the bench. So you just got to trust him that he can stay on the court. Yeah. And I, I, Jimmy Butler also sat for the majority of the fourth quarter as well. So, I mean, I mean, Jimmy's Jimmy, though. Jimmy's a little... Jimmy's a little different. <laughs> Jimmy yeah. was a little bit different. Um, and, you know, they, they kept Jimmy Butler in check this game. You know, like, I think he had 10 points at the half, and he only scored, scored three points after that, and those were free throws. So they kept him in check. But, you know, we had Jay Crowder had a night. He shot really, really uh, well from the three-point line. I mean, well, he was four for 12, so I didn't, he wasn't that efficient. But it was he came up clutched in the times he needed to come up clutched. Bam did his thing as well, but Goran Dragic, man, he is silent. But he's the best offensive player on the team right now, for without a without a doubt. Twenty three points. No, he's been tearing it up lately. Yeah, really efficient. I I love him kissing kissing his little floaters off the glass. It's beautiful. Uh, but we got some we had some good minutes, man, from Tyler Hero, man, fearless. They love saying that fearless. But he got some skills, man. Tyler Heroes, he for for being twenty years old, man, kid can't even drink. He got some skills, man. Um, so watching him uh, come out, Kelly Olynyk came out as well. He was efficient from the three point line. He's four for six, hit some big shots. But you know, we gotta talk about the Milwaukee too, man. Milwaukee, 
I don't know why Middleton just doesn't take all those like fatal mid mid range fadeaways more often. Yeah, he he's automatic from there. They should just let him do his thing if they want to have a shot. Bledsoe played this game. Bledsoe contributed as well, sixteen points, uh, thirty minutes. But listen, man, like I said, heat info. That's it. Yeah, one one last thing is I just think uh, Milwaukee's got to find some three point shooting from somewhere. If it's not going to be Middleton, who's probably their best shooter, I don't know who it's going to be. Um, they like just looking at both teams. Miami shot seventeen of forty five from three to Milwaukee's seven of twenty five. Yeah. Miami's getting up 20 more three-point shots, and that ultimately makes the difference. Chris Middleton's one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA right now. It's 0 of 3. Like, when your best three-point shooter for the game is Brooke Lopez, who's a decent three-point shooter for a big man. It's 3 of 5. That's not going to cut it. No. Not at all. And that's their game. It's it's getting Giannis in the paint. But we, we I mean, Miami's defense, we're, we're playing them perfectly. We're we're crowding the paint, which is what we usually do, right? We're crowding pack the, the paint pack, and dare them to shoot it. Exactly. And they're not shooting it and they're not hitting it. But we're we're young, athletic. You know, we're getting we're closing out pretty well as well. But we I mean we fouled a ton of shoes. The third quarter, there are way too many fouls in the Miami Heat, man. Way too many. I think we're in a bonus with like 10 minutes, I mean, like eight minutes left in, a, in the third quarter. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And, and I think that uh, the thing with Milwaukee, man, is they start off the games with a, a ton of turnovers, man. A ton, a ton of turnovers. I think that's ultimately their downfall. I think they had 14 turnovers this game. It's not, it's not a good look, man. But listen, no. at the end of the day, you're right. They probably need to shoot a little bit better. Uh, but it's tough out here, man, playing the Miami Heat, South Beach's finest. The <laughs> Sunside State, man, the Sunside State. Ooh, everything's better in the South. Everything's better in the South. Hey, do you think there's a reason that, you know, anything connected to the bubble for why it seems that the, the lower-seeded teams, the underdogs, have been able to kind of had so much, so much success in these playoffs so far? You know, Miami going up 2-0 on Milwaukee. Um, we're seeing Boston up 2-0 on Toronto. Uh, the upset with in Denver, Utah. You think it's just the lack of, like, no home team, no home crowd? Or is it something else? I think it's exactly, I think that's exactly what it is. I think, like, especially when you see it where most of these teams are winning these first, like, two games or, like, one of the games, right? Like, like you saw with the Lakers, right? Yeah, the Blazers win game one. Same thing with like the Mavs. I think they won game two, right? Was that what it was? Like, it, it, it just keeps happening that way. Like every away team wins those first couple games, and there's something to be said about coming into those arenas, man, having to travel. So now you're uncomfortable being in a different city that you're not used to, with a playoff atmosphere where everyone's going crazy, especially those those some of those cities. You know, like you you go to Utah. You going to Utah, man? It's it's tough, right? You Better go watch your pizza. Exactly, man. You go you go into certain places, man. It gets really tough, man. Even Milwaukee, man. You go to Milwaukee; those fans are 
they're die hard, man. They ain't nothing. What, what else they got to root for? <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like in, the in, Packers. The, yeah, the Packers, right? And I think that that is overwhelmingly what it is. Like you're traveling. Now you got time to rest your body. You're thinking about like, like think about it. Like, yeah, man, I, I think that's exactly what it is. Like, I, I just know what it's like to walk into a playoff atmosphere and I'm not a player and it's insane, man. And there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of heckling. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's just different. And like hearing the sound effects too, sound effects ain't nothing, man. You can't really tell anything. There's no real advantage. So I think that's what it is. I I 100% think that's what it is. I don't know if that's how you feel as well, but. No, I I agree with you. And I did see, um, I want to say it was Robin Lopez said on Twitter that the the crowd noises that they like they pump in they said it's just kind of it's weird it's it's a little off-putting for the players i guess yeah i thought i thought that was interesting because i was when i'm watching the games and i can hear the crowd noises i was always curious how that worked if the you know the the people in the crowd they are on the monitors of that was you know coming from them or how that worked but apparently they're you know faking it so yeah, that was what I was wondering, man. I was wondering if like they have a person that just sits there for that home team, and everything. Every time something happens, I probably probably wouldn't be a home team, but it'd probably be like somebody f- from the league. And every time like somebody shoots a ball and they get fouled, if they would just have somebody go, have like the crowd go, oh, boo, or something like yeah. that. But I don't. I think, I think they do just have audio tracks of kind of just generic crowd noise, yeah. just so it's not quiet out there yeah i remember practicing like like football practice we would go we have to go into like tough crowds and they would pump in music or like not even music they would pump in crowd noise to make sure like the offense couldn't communicate and they would even do it for defense as well right they would just pumping music and it was never the same as when you went to the actual game Right. And the bigger and i'm like i'm not i'm not playing like in front of fifty thousand people in college right so I think that playing against like 50,000, 30,000 people in, in arenas and at that, like you've been in, you've been in in arenas during games, man. And like, especially like, I don't know if you've been to a playoff game. It's insane. It's wild. And I can, I can only imagine what it feels like being on the court and having everyone pointing at you yelling. There's a difference. It, It makes a difference. Hecklers and, People waving flags and towels and stuff. Like, come on, man. Like, that makes a difference. And I think that it shows with everything that's going on right now. There still will not be an asterisk for whoever wins this because it is, I think it's still really tough with all that's going on. So, yeah, man. Go ahead and win your game. Go into your locker room that you're really not familiar with that just looks like a, it's just a gray locker room and walk to your hotel, eat some hey, pizza, and go to sleep. I mean, at this point, you've they've been there a couple months, a month. I don't know anymore. Time doesn't mean anything. Um, it's kind of I kind of picture. I don't know how they feel. I would kind of picture it as moving off to college. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. It's, it, it, I get it though. Like, I mean, I feel, I feel like if I had millions of dollars and I had a nice little spot, and then you know, like these these guys go to the, some of them get excited when they go to different cities because they can meet up with 
you know, they boo things, you feel me, the one that they got in that city. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, they can meet up with some of their homeboys that are in that city and friends, and they can have, you know, go to dinner at their favorite spot at that city. You know, I know a lot of guys do that where they're like, yo, I'm I'm in, we're in uh, Tennessee playing the Memphis, the Grizzlies. You know, I love this steakhouse, man. We got to go to the steakhouse. It's like a couple blocks away from the stadium or the hotel that we usually stay at. Let's go here. You know what I mean? So, like, I think a lot of that stuff happens. You have some downtime to kind of think and talk and some people get like in their heads. And then you have the guys that play when they're playing at home, they're home, right? Like you, you, if you're, if you're the, uh, a higher seed, you go ahead and you ball out and you sweep your, your opponent. Cause you're at home. You go ahead and you have extra days to kind of relax at home, knowing that the lower seed is coming to you and you're familiar with that place as well. I think every time somebody comes in there, there's unfamiliar and like, they're not playing in the same courts at all like i think that people get that confused they don't they don't play on the same courts so that's something to keep in mind as well but yeah kind of one last thing just to kind of bring this all full circle uh update on the houston rockets oklahoma city thunder game three minutes left in the third quarter 76 74 houston rockets james harden though two of 11 from the field one of seven from three and, you know, talking about how the difference is playing in the bubble versus traveling on the road and what that can mean. And, you know, some guys, you know, like to go out and see the towns. Did you ever see the study that uh, went viral a few years ago? I think somebody on uh, a Reddit post uh, compared James Harden's games against the quality of strip clubs in the city that the the rockets were playing at i like the i like where this is going and found <laughs> found a positive correlation between how good the strip club was and how much james harden scored in the game the following day I need to read that study, but that does not surprise me whatsoever because I've seen. And so that I think explains his struggles in the bubble. I I, I want to talk about this for a second, but I'll get back to my original point. I I believe that this is something that James Harden for sure like that correlates with him because I've seen him in a couple compromising positions with women and on the internet. Being like he'll fall asleep and like there's pictures of him falling asleep and like a woman taking a picture of him like in bed, like falling asleep after like a night out. It's it's mm-hmm. it, like he's we I think he's one of those guys that likes the party and stuff and he's about the glam and like having a good time. So I I can a hundred percent believe that and I'm, somebody should do a study on on Lou William, William too because yeah I mean I, that's absolutely accurate and I think that would be I think that's a phenomenal story but my one caveat caveat would be James Harden he typically doesn't show up on in playoff games either like the the that, big games uh, very true but but man that makes a lot of sense though man y'all got to y'all should have had uh they are in Disneyland sad sad but listen no, 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 no. They they should have had something for my dog, man. <laughs> James Harden is fun to watch at times, man. He's really fun to watch, bro. I can't even lie. Seeing him hit them uh, step back three threes, man. Hit them. Th- like, wait, where did this come from? 
And then like as this, and I don't know if he's just, he gets tired. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know if it's a psychological thing or if he just gets tired, but he, as the series starts to wear on, he just, he just can't do it as much. And I, and then you think about him hitting those threes and those step backs, but a lot of his games getting into the paint, drawing those fouls. So I, I don't know, man. You know what I feel bad for PJ Tucker, man. You be in there mucking it with oh, yeah. all of them, man, right now, especially now with the with them playing small ball. But yeah, that's a good that's a good study, man. You need to send me that study after this, man. I need to Yeah, I need to I'll I'll, I'll send you that link. That is awesome. Hey man, listen. Let's wrap let's wrap up this show real quick, man. We gotta we gotta come back all the way full circle real quick to our original conversation about Leonard Fournette. My boy. You think, do you think he's really going to ball out against, I mean, excuse me, do you really think he's going to ball out with the Bucks this year? Will it happen? Yeah, I think he does. I don't know if he's going to put up the gaudy numbers for the season just because he's getting in there kind of late um, or kind of early before the the season actually begins with no preseason. But I think it's a favorable matchup. Um, you know, see what Tom Brady has. See if he's still got an arm. The Bucks wide receiver wide, wide receiving core is one of, if not the best, in the NFL. They've got a great offensive line. Take that pressure off of him. I think he can really do some stuff. It's a gr- it's the best situation he could possibly walk into. I think he's still got the talent to uh, take advantage of it. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't, mm -mm. nah, bro, I don't see him balling out like that, I I really don't, I don't think, I don't think the Bucs are going to be that great next year, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them, I think Tom Brady's out to prove something, but I don't think they're going to be that great, uh, based off of a couple of things when Tom Brady, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure uh, for them to for him to be able to get those ball the, the balls out to some of those receivers like Mike Evans is a possession receiver like you need to th- be able to throw it up to Mike Evans and that's why Jameis was so great there Mike Jameis could sling it he could sling it man he really could so I think that Tom first to- member of the thirty thirty club hey, listen he was an equal opportunity slinger he was man he was and I think that 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 benefited them obviously he took a lot of risks but he could throw it like he has a great arm uh but i don't think i, I think they're gonna have the tom brady system where they just dump it off listen i don't think tom brady's i'm just this is about leonard Fournette. let me stop this this will be the next segment the next next podcast I we'll talk think, later yeah yeah i don't think leonard Fournette will be able to ball out like he wants to because when he's getting there late i'm i'm i would hope that he's in shape i don't know i mean he's been in camp with the jaguars no i mean that, does, that doesn't mean he's in shape that doesn't mean he's in shape. I, I, uh, you're right. You're right. I haven't seen anything to suggest he's not, though. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know what 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 he's gonna look like out there. I, I mean, I know he's not going far, but I don't think that he's gonna put up like the great numbers. I think that you, I think I'm reading in between the lines of what you're saying. I think you think that he's gonna have a a good enough season for him to be able to, you know, re up a contract with somebody else or somewhere after the season. I think I don't doubt that he might be able to do that, but I don't think that he's going to really put a, up a lot of like big numbers. I think that I think that they're going to there's going to be a lot of pressure pressure to throw the ball, 
and I actually think they might they might be down quite a bit. If you look at their if you look at their schedule, they got some they got some good ones, man. The Bucks got some good ones, man, coming up. So Leonard Fournette, fifteen hundred yards this season. You heard it here first, folks. Come on, man. Come on, man. Listen, listen here. The Bucks open up the season. Playing, I said what I said. The Bucks open up the season playing the Saints. Then they go play the. Then they go play the Panthers. They play the Buccaneers. They play the Chargers. They play they the Bears. Playing six, they still playing sixteen game seasons. Well, I'm, I, that's what I heard. All right. So, fifteen hundred yards. Write it down. They, they play the Bears. They play the Packers. Like the, the first half of the season, they play great defenses, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. You know they play the Saints twice. They play the Panthers twice. They play the Chiefs. They play the Rams. They play the Vikings. They play a lot of defensive teams, man. Okay, they'll, I think they'll win. I think they'll win the the December twenty seven game. I, I for sure think they'll win that. I think they'll win that by a lot. I think they'll win that by like four touchdowns. Oh, you don't know who they're playing. Oh, it's the I Lions. have a feeling. It's yeah, the Lions. Just 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 to let you know, it's the Lions. I think he goes off for about. I don't know, 110 yards that game. They lose. The Bucks lose, I should clarify. Um, I'll tell you this. 30, 34-24. You can write that one down to folks. I'll, I'll tell you bet this. Your, bet your mortgage on it. I, oh, God. I'll tell you this. The Bucks. Tell them Wallen sent you. Yeah, tell them Wallen sent you. Get the Wallen discount. The uh, the Bucks. if the Bucks were playing the Dolphins, Leonard Fournette would have 50 yards at most. That's all I'm saying. But that's just my team. That's my team. Who's going to shock the world again this year? Just letting you know. Winning culture. We're going to get it figured out. Uh, but, yeah, man, I just don't see Leonard Fournette pulling it out and having that great of a season. I would love to stand corrected because I, I would love to see him ball and have a good season. But, yeah, I don't see it happening. But, it, hey, Lucas, it, Lucas' point of view and Leonard we trust. Fanboy. Can't can't give up those Jags players. You know what is, was interesting? Let me bring this up real quick. The Jags are such a terrible organization right now. Okay, I like oh, saying yeah. this a lot about, but like I, I say this a lot. But actually, I only say that about a couple organizations: the Knicks, the Kings, the Reds, the, the Washington Football Team. There you go, and uh, the Jaguars. Man, like man, oh, I'm I'm total agreement with that. They need to. Clean house, fire coach, fire that front office, get rid of everybody. I prefer a new owner too, to be honest. Yeah, bro. They just they gotta they gotta start over. There's what I think I saw that there are only three members of the 2017 team that went to the conference championship left. They've gotten rid of everybody else. Man, Ramsey, Fournette, they had my man's uh so uh. Uh, the DN, they just shipped him off. Where they shipped him off to, man? Uh, in Gagwe. In Gagwe, uh, man. To uh, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. My, he took a he took a four million dollar pay cut to be traded, like just to get out of there. Come on, man! What's wrong with these people, man? Just get everybody got to go at this point. Everybody, everybody got to go at this point. I'm still, I'm surprised that Miles Jack's still there, man. I'm surprised. He's he, he's one of the he's one of the three left from that 2017 team. Yeah, man. Listen, everybody 
man, everybody like I remember like seeing that game against uh, Denver. I mean, not Denver, uh, Tennessee, and where De- Derrick Henry had that huge run for the touchdown. And it just seemed like that defense just gave up. They just didn't want to play anymore, man. But uh, poor Jacksonville. Poor Jacksonville, man. Listen, man. Dolphins is Super Bowl, but that's that's another conversation too, man. The next pod, the next pod is gonna be lit, man. I, hey, I'm coming with that straight fire next pod. I appreciate y'all all listening. Y'all made it this far. Thank you for listening. We be going off on here. Uh, my my takes are way better than Lucas's. Just want to point that out. That's a terrible take right there. That's Ooh. how I know you lying. Never, 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 never in my life. Terrible takes. I'm always on point, but. Listen, that's another that's another podcast, man. We we gonna try to spice up the podcast moving forward, man. We we we've been knocking these out. We took a little bit of hiatus. Uh, probably next time we get on here, we gonna we, it's gonna be a little bit different. It's gonna be a little bit different. Some exciting news. Lucas don't even know what I'm talking about. That's how that's how exciting it is. Fresh off the press, I'm excited just listening. See, that's, hey, y'all got to come back because it's about to be straight fire. Where's my fire sound? I don't have one, but I will. I will. Fire for Miami Heat, you get it. Finals MVPs. Duncan Jimmy Robinson. Jimmy Butler. Stop playing. Stop playing. I just wanted to let y'all know. Uh but yeah, man. Thank y'all for, for making it all the way through. Lucas, how you want to end it off, man? Peace. That's it? That's all I got. Peace. All right, I'm a, I'm gonna do one better. Peace and love, ladies and gentlemen. Peace and love.